Happy New Year. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. First, uh, first Friday meetup of 2023. It's awesome. Holy cow. I missed everybody. Yeah, crazy. Uh, you know, I got a text right when that song started. And it, all it says is this. I'm getting you some younger walk-up music. <laughs> okay. Younger is not always better. There yeah. are classics that cannot be replaced. Like I'm already getting ripped on for my music choice this morning or this <laughs> afternoon. So hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, thanks for all, everyone saying hi in the chat. For those of you new to the meetup, uh, which there's numbers of since Lots. the number is higher here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this is, um, wow, shoot, Bryce is here. He's going to tell me the number, which I... <laughs> I don't know why I don't uh, do this, but um, <laughs> you know the which number meetup this is. But we've been doing this now since um, March of 2020, every single Friday for the most part, with the exception of a few holidays here and there, and even on some holidays, been doing them. And um, it's meetup number 137. Thank you, Bryce. Wow. Um, and you know the this community, you know, was really designed to help people in lots of different ways. Um, to give people an opportunity to get together, to give people an opportunity to learn, to build a community and an ecosystem that wasn't going to talk about just a specific vendor or just a specific consultancy or just a specific problem, but to really open our eyes into how is this whole new now of work world transforming, you know, and continuing to transform in front of our eyes. And all we have to do is look at the news media every single day you know, and watch that. For some of us, it makes, some people it makes tired, for others it makes them energized. And there's probably some right in the middle, but um, that's what this community is designed for. And for those of you that are new here, welcome. For those of you returning, welcome back. Jess, you wanna add anything before we get started? I always love the end of a year because we see recaps everywhere. We see like best of lists and recaps and what happened this year and what you did this year, everything, you know, we see it everywhere. I think it's completely astounding to look at. I mean, if you were to do it for your own life, for your own world and, and uh, you know, sphere of influence, the pace of change, we say this all the time, like look at the last year, what went down, what changed, what happened, what, who got acquired, who went out of business, how did work change? Do that for three the last three years, and it's like unrecognizable. It's literally unrecognizable. It's it's crazy, and it's fun, and it's opportunity, and it's challenging at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So we usually do these very, very tied in a really uh, scripted yet crazy way, where we start with a talk, Jess talks about her week, I talk about my <laughs> week, tied to something you can learn. We're not going to do that today because we have a lot of new people and we're going to actually make sure that you guys all get an opportunity to network. So I'd ask you guys in the chat, which this is a highly interactive show, please let us know where you're joining from and please put your LinkedIn link in there as well so that people can connect with each other. So beyond just this weekly community, we continue to build out the ecosystem on an ongoing basis. So please in the chat, say hi. Uh, let us know what city, state, country you're joining from, as we do have a lot of people from outside the U.S. Brazil, as an example. I love it. So Hi, Vanessa. And um, 
as well as put your LinkedIn uh, link there if you want um, in order to to build some connection. And I'll talk a little more about that in a second. You know, the other thing we talk about, and by the way, Jess and I are both uh, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so, um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Bob. Excited to uh, hopefully work with you. Um, Jess and I are based here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where today it is cold and sunny. Um, Jess, here's a trick question. What's what's the one thing on your mind right now? <laughs> like besides killing me for asking a uh, unscripted question. One thing uh, on your mind. Well, what was going through my mind as you were as you were saying that was the, was the huh? Well, as I was pontificating. As yes. you were pontificating, I was thinking about the snow globe we've been living in. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. My one thing on my mind that I was going to share is that we have gotten so much snow. I know Ron's gotten a lot of snow, but my office here, I haven't been in for about a week and a half uh, here in a home office. I've been in our office. And uh, when I walked in here to do this today, all of a sudden I realized that this whole counter behind me was wet. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? And for people like Susie, for people in Minnesota, what you realize is, all of the roofs have so much snow on them uh, that I think I have a big leak. So if anyone hears like this dripping behind me, Marissa, stop. Remind <laughs> me. Uh, it, and Steve is at the yeah Lake Harriet Magic Hole. Um, we have so much snow on the roof. I think we have a I think we have a leaky roof, which is a uh, well, that's on my mind at the moment as I hear this dripping over my shoulder. The other day, the other night, when we got all the snow. I couldn't get down my driveway in the morning to get to the gym and I still wasn't plowed out by evening, but I just said, screw it. I got to get out sometime. And so I left for the gym knowing full well, I would not be able to get back up my driveway <laughs> without shoveling. It was a disaster. Uh, yeah, it's been fun driving around here the last few days. Steve is here. Steve, congratulations. It's his retirement today. So, so pleased, Steve, for and proud of you for everything that you've given back to the community and that you're going to continue to give back to the community at the University of Minnesota and all the work that you do there. So um, really, really excited. Jess and I were just talking a little bit ago about doing a show live from uh, your, from your class. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, it, congratulations on the retirement in all uh, seriousness and um you know, looking forward for for you to continue to be part of the community as you uh, as you can. Uh, the other thing that we always do, thanks you guys for all of the chatter here, um, is we also ask a, a question. And for those of you that are new, it's not a hard question. We don't do a poll. Um, hey, Lori. Oh, I'm so there's so many cool people. I mean, not I love it. I love cool it. People, but there's it's so many coming. cool people here. Um, is and we ask a question, it's really, there's only three answers. So it's an easy question. Unlike our company kickoff yesterday, those trivia questions were not so <laughs> easy. Uh, but I'm uh, not as well as expert. Yeah, exactly. And there's three, there's three answers. Green, yellow, red. Green, I feel great. Yellow, not so good today. Red, not good at all. And the question is just simple. How are you? And as I've been saying throughout, every time, every week we do this, we ask the same question. I think it's the most important question we can ask each other. It's just a simple, sincere, trusting, how are you? 
and please put your answers in. Um, you know, and you know, we have people that show up every week to this that some are green, some are super green, some are green, 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 green. Um, and we have others that are red. Um, and you know, first of all, it's important to say where you are. And second of all, it's really important from a community standpoint that we take the time to reach out to people. Okay. So, you know, Howard, it's hard to see her that you're red. Um, please let me know if you need to chat or if there's anything we can do. Heidi, sorry to hear your reddish yellow. Um, you know, and our hope is always throughout these, um, these meetups is that we can move you up a color, <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense. So just to have some fun, to open up, to not worry about anything for an hour or 50 minutes, you know, and, and learn. Learn and be grateful for everyone here. So um, moving to green, bright green, um, lots and lots of uh, colors. So please, I, thank you guys for sharing. Really appreciate it. Jess, how are you today? Good. Green, green, green. Um, yeah, green, green, green. It's been a long time since I've said green, green, green. Uh, but I think this community um, is really, really important. I'm very proud of it. I've had um, a lot, I've actually had people reach out to me. I think you know this, Jason, but you, like even more recently, I have so many people reach out to me because it's in my LinkedIn profile as the community organizer space. And I get interview requests what this is and like the movement and the space and like the volume of it, it's, it's become an incredible thing, honestly. And so thanks to all of you. Um, I'm always happy to talk about this and people ask about the power of community and how did you do this? And I say, I didn't, that's the whole point. Community is a movement. It's a space, it's a thing, it's a feeling. And you all are, you know, it has to be something you do together uh, for it to be uh as powerful as it can be. So I'm super grateful for that. So Jess, what, if you had to guess, if you had to guess, uh, we should put a number, we should put a bet on this, but maybe just a fun bet, maybe like jumping into an ice hole bet or something right. like that. What would you guess the community was going to be? And Bryce, you can jot this down at the end of 2023. We've never talked about this and we didn't set any goals. So I don't Ooh. think, but if you had to guess, what would you think the community would be at the end of 2023? We can double it yeah. easily. Awesome. So 5,500? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Let's use that. That means first. everybody needs to go invite a friend. You can help us. Awesome. <laughs> yes. 5,000. Big, big party. Yeah. We have to find something to send to everyone once it gets to 5,000, I think. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, maybe just a sticker mm -hmm. or a tattoo. Yeah, we, like need, a, we, need, we need merch. We need stuff. <laughs> yeah, like a community. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Um, really, 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 really excited for our guest today. Um, oh, Susie just invited two last night. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we should do some like referral fees or something. I love it. Um, so I would, you know, one of this guy. I love like I've always done this. You know the people that are on senseless; they don't actually say who it is till all of a sudden you show it. So, like you guys already know because we sent out the invite. But, um, like, just what's your first interaction with this guy? This other Jason guy. The other Jason that's about to join us. Yeah. <laughs> My first interaction, I don't probably at an HR tech 
eons ago. I don't even know the last time I was introduced or the first time I was introduced to Jason Corsello. Um, perception, like perception. Uh, <laughs> I love that he's like listening, right? Uh, brilliant, insightful, uh, pulse on the market. I can't wait to like geek out about some of the stuff he can talk about. Um, uh, what what's your impression? You're, you've known him for longer and probably on. Why did you ask me? Maybe that's the question. <laughs> so the reason I asked you is just because I'm curious. I, I always think it's interesting how we how we interact with people. Yeah. And Jason and I had an opportunity to to, you know, meet first outside of working together, then had an opportunity to work together and building a company together. You know, and then it's been like one of my joys to watch what he's gone off to do, you know, in his life, um, you know, and building that knowledge infusion together when we had that opportunity with Heidi Spirgi, um, you know, it was just a, it was a blast. It was a, always a blast all the time, you know, and one of the reasons it was such a blast was because uh, of him and uh, his nature and his ability to challenge and his ability to partner, you know, and to think differently. So I'm, I can't wait to, in fact, I'm going to invite him on right now. Um, and, oh yes, the workscape days, Mark. Yes, okay. good. And he even has his own walk-up music, Jess. Mm -hmm. uh, Corsello is a huge believer in female leadership. True. Thank you for calling that out, Lori. So I'm going to invite him on and then we'll start the walk-up music, Jess. Do you know this? See if you know this song. Okay. He's making sure we have to listen to the whole song. Oh man. Oh man. Now what do I have to do? I have to like like remove him and get him back on again. Invite, yes. Oh man, his yes, Rachel, very, very good. After <sighs> all of that, um, we have to invite him back on. Yeah. Now I'm not going to do the whole music thing again. Now hopefully he can get on. Wow, our technology is uh, uh, failing us today or something. I'm glad everyone loves the club vibe though. Mm-hmm. His other, he did send us two choices. Uh, I like that you went with this one. The other yeah. one, of course. Well, I was. love that. I love that song. So while we're still waiting for Jason, um, which it says he's a uh, says he's trying to get on. Yeah, this is what we call a cliffhanger, right? While we're waiting for Jason, let's um, nice, I mean, Rachel. Let's talk a little about you know this space that he's in. So, you know, Jason was an industry analyst, um, you know, and it was focused on really that, you know, driving industry analyst space for a long, long time, you know, at an organization called the Yankee Group. And, you know, some of you remember Yankee, some of you don't ever, never heard of Yankee, but that was where Jason really got started, um, you know, in this space and where I started to, you know, to meet Jason, um, you know, after that, is when Jason said, you know what, we really need to think about how do we tie together some analyst type work with some of the consulting type work that happens in this space. And that's where we got together um, when we really started to think about knowledge infusion. Um, but one of the things that Jason's always been so good at is that concept of thinking about like, where's the industry going? Um, where's the space going? And how do we think about investing in the space? So one of the things I always loved about Jason 
and I can't even tell if he's listening to me anymore because I don't know if he's having a hard time getting in. But you know, one of the things I've always loved about Jason is he approaches things with this financial lens, not just a product feature and function lens. You know, which I love, love, love about uh, that. I'm gonna have to uh, text him or something and see where he where he's at. Um, it says he's accepted, but uh, yeah. let uh, let me do a quick uh, check in to see where he's at. Um, what's interesting to me about somebody who watches the space so closely from an investment perspective, uh, who who number one knows the domain super super well and looks at the space from an investment perspective is uh, you. Um, you understand the pros and cons of investing in future of work capabilities. What's real, what's not real, what's vaporware, how quickly something um, is going to be part of our mind share and our pocketbook, you know, our, our budget share, um, the opportunity something has to come to fruition and be and have immediate business application and immediate impact and relevance um, in the business environment. We love, 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 love to talk about future of work stuff. How long have we been talking about AI until it actually became real and viable and super relevant and prevalent across business practices? But we called everything AI for a while. It, like it's still not true, deep, strong, robust AI, but we're moving in that direction. And there's other concepts like that too. So I love, I love thinking about um, I, it's it's too easy to talk about future of work, tech, bright, shiny objects and that kind of thing. Um, but some of it is coming fast and it's um, and it deserves investment. We're going to see it sooner rather than later. Um, so I can't wait to chat about some of those things. You know, the other thing that I think that's really interesting, and I don't know if any of you are following this, but what are your like while we're waiting for Jason I, and. He said he had to log in on his mobile and asking to get reinvited. So I have reinvited him. So I hope that that uh, hope that that works. Um, but have you guys been following the whole Chat GPT thing? Um, I'd love to just see everyone's thoughts about that because you know, and put it in the chat. Like, what do you think? Like, are you like excited about it? Are you like my kid who's like, oh, that's the end of me having to worry about writing essays forever? Um, how do you think it's going to change? Because one of the things that once we do get Jason on, we're going to talk about is this concept of, you know, hey, where's that whole world of AI going? But love to get your thoughts about that. Anthony said, indeed. I'm not sure if he's saying indeed to what I said about getting rid of essays or what. But I think that it's a fascinating, fascinating thing um, to look at. Um, and Jason is still not letting him on. Um, apologies for that. Um, we'll keep trying. Uh, but anyway, Jesse, I know you've had an opportunity to do so. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Look at oh. that. I leave all the so... you know, heavy work to him. I think I'm some sort of technologist, but I can't even log into a, a podcast or audio cast. So, well, you know, your partner, your partner in crime, you know, overseas had no issue getting in. So I was like, oh, wow. Marcellus can't get in from Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, I always like to say it's an interface issue between the desk and the chair, um, <laughs> which is me. It's it's a human issue. But hey, guys, nice to see you. Happy New Year. Sorry Happy I'm late. No worries. It's, okay. it's great to see you. Hopefully you heard some of the stuff that, we, that I was saying about your background and history and things like that. So we don't have to go relive all of that. 
Um, I was listening intently and I was, um, it was very nice of, of the kind words that you've said. And, um, I'm excited to be here. This is fun. This is super fun. I'm excited for all the hard questions and the yeah. softball questions, probably more the, the softball questions. I mean, yeah, we're already well, getting some titillating responses about chat GPT. Oh no. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So, uh, I want to talk about that in a little bit, Jason, but I'd love for you to start if we could, by just talking about, you know, your shift from analyst to investor. Cause I think that, you know, there's so, so, uh, so cool to see the two of you together again, J and J and J it's three J. <laughs> it's three J. Yeah. I'm not sure which J and J we don't need to worry about that, but I'd love to hear what that, that journey has been like. I've never asked you that question actually, but like from, you know, analyst, you know, to consulting slash analyst to then investor, um, like what's that journey been like and and how do you like the investor side of it well it it's been a 20-year journey now right i mean i got into this industry back in the early 2000s um dating myself a little bit so you know i kind of went from researcher to consultant and had a great time with you and heidi and the rest of the team at knowledge infusion to operator um where I spent seven years at Cornerstone on demand. I completely left that out. Yeah, <laughs> I completely left that whole thing out of the story. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a seven year um, uh, period that was super exciting as well. And then in the last four years, to an investor. So for for me, it's somewhat been evolutionary, revolutionary. I don't know what you want to call it, but I absolutely love this. Love this job being an investor. Um, I joke that I don't know if I'm going to be any, any good at it. It's going to take me 10 years and we're in year, year four here. So these are long journeys and long cycles that we invest in. But um, the job itself, I, I absolutely love it. I hope it's the last job I have that will, you know, performance will determine if, if that's so. But um, I love every aspect of, of working with founders. The nice thing about being an investor is you get to dabble into multiple companies. Today, we have 25 portfolio companies that we work with. Um, practically on a daily basis. I mean, on every, every, any given day, I probably talked to two or three founders um, and that's not even talking to the, you know, the companies that we look at investing in. So it's an amazing job. I absolutely love it. The last two years has been quite the roller coaster. Uh, we can certainly talk more about that, but um, um, the great thing is this industry as well. I know you guys are passionate about this industry. I'm passionate about this industry and um, there's just so much more to, that we have to be doing. And what I think is really cool is that, the, sorry, Jess, I know we usually trade off, but mm -hmm. I, haven't, I haven't talked to Jason. Like it's that. been a couple of weeks. I'm rusty. We're out of, yeah, we're out of practice. There, there's, <laughs> there's really no one else like you. That's like true. if you take yourself and Thomas Otter, like you guys are the preeminent firm that does investments in this space today. Maybe not the largest investments, like buying old companies and trying to keep them alive forever, but as far as building new companies and investing in new companies coming into the space, like you guys are the leader in this space on a global basis. And, there, and it's not just because of money, it's because of your history. And I think that's really cool. The, yeah, I'm glad you say that. I mean, a couple of years ago, we started to see a movement in venture capital where you need to either be super specialized or you need to be super big, right? Meaning having billions of dollars to invest like Andreessen Horowitz or um, Tiger Global. And, and, you know, I thought there was a really interesting opportunity to create a specialized fund 
Um, and I saw this when I was at Cornerstone. So we launched a corporate venture fund at Cornerstone and I would get asked hundred times a year, who are the VCs that really understand this market? And I would always scratch my head and be like, I can't name a person or a firm. And if you think about the capital that's being deployed, you know, this year, this past year, there was 10 billion of venture capital deployed into future work companies. I just think the market's opportunity was right for creating a specialized fund. Um, the other thing that that's happened along with with Thomas and and you know partnering up with Thomas is this isn't just about Silicon Valley. Um, half of our investments are outside of the U.S. and and our thesis, a big part of our thesis, is investing outside of the U.S. And, you know, we have investments now in ten countries. Um, we just made our first investment in Africa, and you know what we've learned over the last couple of years is you know the world is 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 big. And it's not just about the U.S. Yeah, I think that's great. And when I, you know, Jess and I were at your event in France and, you know, to see a room full of people that you have part of your portfolio companies and like to be a, one of or two of the people in the room from the U.S., everyone else from outside the U.S. was really, really exciting. It was really, really exciting to see that passion, um, which, you know, which kind of leads to one of the questions I have for you is, you know, do you see, because I, I mean, we're starting to work with companies like a Darwin Box or an Atella HR, you know, who are, or a Rejig, who are all coming from outside the U.S. more and more. Like, do you, are you seeing more innovation happen outside the U.S., trying to get into the U.S. versus happening in the U.S.? And why do you, and that's what I see, at least. Like, why do you think that is? Yeah, I'll give you a few data points. I mean, if you look at just the last two years, um, the dollars are shifting outside of the U.S. Um, and in the last two years, it's about a 4% shift. So about 60% of the capital goes to U.S. companies. Now it's down below that. Um, so more capital is going outside of the U.S. And I frankly think if you look at, I think our last six investments, five have been outside of the U.S., and you'd think, oh, well, because it's better valuation or better investment opportunities. And I would argue it's also better founders and better technology, like better innovation that's happening outside of the U.S. Um, you know, we've seen it's interesting. You know, we've done a bunch of investments recently in Paris in, in France. And if you asked me four years ago or three years ago, would we ever invest in a company in France? I would have said, like, no way. Dude, you There's and I not a lot talk, of innovation. You and I, you and I used to talk about France as like, oh my god, these people are so <laughs> slow; they'll never do anything. Like I remember these conversations. Yeah, and it's completely changed, and and we could discuss on and why and how those changes are making. But innovation is happening all over the world. I mean, this this company we just invested in that we haven't publicly announced, but I'll share with you guys today is a company called WorkPay that's based in in Kenya they've built some of the most fascinating HR payroll technology that I've seen in the last 10 years. And they're in Nairobi, right? Not what most people would perceive as a tech ecosystem, a tech hub. Um, and they're two of the sharpest founders that I've, I've met with in the last you know, couple of years. So there's technology you know, and innovation that's happening everywhere in the world in places that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And a big part of our thesis is trying to find those, right? Trying to find those places and emerging markets that are going to be massive in the next 10 years. Do you think about categories of tech that, that, that are ripe for innovation when you look for those? Like payroll, did you think, I really want to go out and find some disruptive payroll? <laughs> or uh, other criteria? I'll just put next gen skills yeah. intelligence in the yeah. chat. 
Yeah, that's a really good question, Jess. I think the short answer is um, every category, traditional or historic category, like recruiting or payroll, there's there's disruption that's happening. I mean, even in, we've been looking at the payroll space for a year and a half, and there's a tremendous amount of of innovation that's happening in payroll, embedded payroll solutions, all kinds of different things that you wouldn't expect. I mean, I'm not a payroll expert, but there's a lot of interesting things that are happening there. So I think there's innovation happening in, in existing legacy or historic categories. Um, there's new categories that are being created. Skills is a, is a big area that we've made a couple of investments in. Um, and then this whole area of emerging markets, I think, are is, is a huge opportunity as well. So, and I'll say one last thing, just because this is a, you know, we started to look at the world very differently, which is, you know, historically in HR, you look at the silos, right? You've got recruiting, you've got performance management, you've got learning, you've got payroll, go down the list of things that a traditional buyer, and there's a lot of convergence that's happening today across categories. So we've started to look at the world and we define things a little bit differently around our thesis, not like, oh, this is a recruiting company, but we look at companies more around themes like financial independence. What's creating financial independence? Well, there's payroll companies that are now becoming fintech companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this example of the company we just invested in Africa, they capture a lot of payroll data, and now they offer through partners financial services capabilities. So if you know someone's payroll history, someone's pay progression, you become bankable, right? You can get a loan, you can get a mortgage much easier. And so there's this kind of convergence happening in, in, in payroll where it's becoming more of a FinTech play than is a historical HR tech play, if that makes any sense. And then there are concepts, I wouldn't even call them categories, but there are concepts that are driving innovation and disruption across categories, like ethical AI, like, uh, you know, pay transformation, not just payroll, but pay tra transparency and, and pay transformation and everything related to DEI. So whatever your product or your solution is, how are you evolving and innovating it based on, you know, sort of new demand to present it a certain way or leverage it a certain way or just govern and audit it a certain way? So I think I, I agree. I think yeah. there's there's incredible transformation happening in every product category. And uh, and I love hearing that that it's coming from every, that, that there's fresh blood, you know, that there's new product and and fresh blood in the space as well. Hey, Jason, there's a there's, I, I mean, I always try to get the questions and there's one that's coming on LinkedIn and there's another one that's come in on um, a text and then there's another one in the chat. So I want to make sure we get to them and I'll try to weave in, yeah. uh, weave them into something broader. Um, you know, someone just mentioned, um, sorry, Bob mentioned, I see Acadians invested in TechWolf. Uh, getting a demo next week. Would love for Jason to talk about this one in particular, and maybe in, not to talk too much about one company, but this whole next-gen skills intelligence and where you see that space going. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I don't want to steal TechWolf's thunder when they they pitch directly, and and they're much better <laughs> presenters and articulators of their story than I. But you know what we saw with TechWolf and. We've been tracking that company for many, many years, you know, and oftentimes this is what happens in investing is you meet a founder and you see how they're doing and you see how they progress. Um, so we've been watching them for a number of years. But one of the things I really liked about them is they, they want to operate in the background. And what I mean by that is, and you guys know this better than, than anyone, everyone's been fighting for the front door of HR, right? 
And we did this at Cornerstone. Like we expected our users, we're going to log in every day and you know go through Cornerstone to do that. And the fact of the matter is like, most people actually don't want to log into their HR solution. Mm-hmm. And so what, what TechWolf is doing is essentially building software in the background via APIs. So they're basically the plumbing, the infrastructure of connecting multiple systems and pulling data out of multiple systems to make sense of it is the simplest way to, to say it. So, you know, they're not out there fighting to create the next UX and and try to replace, you know, whatever front door, or try to replace Workday. They want to operate behind the scenes and be that API plumbing layer of skills and pull ingest data from systems. They could be systems like Workday or even external systems wrap a lot of intelligence and then be able to say, here's where your skills gaps are, here's where your skills opportunities are. That's probably the, the simplest way of saying it. And I think that's a broader trend that we're seeing in, in HR technology is API-centric companies or companies that are really more focused on data. And they're not just trying to create the next best you know, user interface for the next best application. Yeah, I mean, I think, what do you, I mean, so I think that's really interesting and I think that I mean, you and I have talked about middleware, like behind the scenes stuff forever instead of the fight for eyeballs. You know, it's really how do we make sure we're linking together all of this stuff? Even, I mean, I remember us having conversations about, hey, maybe we should build something. Um, but, you know, when you think about that, you know, this whole concept of, you know, Bob just put skills middleware in there. Like, it, one of the things I like to remind people is it, we still have to make sure that companies, enterprises rethink jobs right? <laughs> to think about skills. Because that's one area that I personally think, and I had a, a conversation with a CHRO yesterday, where I was, they're like, what about this technology? I'm like, it's really, it's awesome technology. They're like, well, how does it work with our job descriptions? I'm like, it won't but with your normal job <laughs> description. So do you think that the tech yeah. in that area is actually ahead of where most companies are? Like, I'm, just love your thoughts on that. I mean, there's some that are, I think, yeah, I, I mean, Jason, I remember back in the days when we would go and meet with CHROs and we would tell them LinkedIn knows more about your employees than you do, right? You laugh and I hope you still use that because I still use it, right? But it's still true in a lot of cases. So to answer your question, um, you know, there's a lot of really interesting technology. I think a lot of technology has been overbuilt um, because, uh, because the, the companies can. And then it becomes really, really challenging to implement, right? And I don't want to throw any companies, you know, under the bus, but you know, I think just a lot of stuff's been under overbuilt. When you can really, if you think about the work that you guys do, and the real work that needs to be happening, is let's rationalize what we're doing and why we're doing it, and and then you know figure out what technology is is needed to get to our destination instead of just saying, hey, this is the hot new vendor, so we need to go license them. Let's go hire you know, a big SI to go spend a year deploying it. And you know, after they're done, you know, six months later, no one's using it, right? So I view it as, as more kind of incremental, but there's just, um, I, the world is so different even the, in the last five or 10 years. I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day, right? How old is, is Workday? I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. I remind people of that. I remind people of all of this all the time. It's 17 years old. The 17 year old company. I'm, I'm so impressed that you you know that. But of course, I was going to say you know, 20. I wasn't too far off. No, it's right there. <laughs> it's just, 
It's a 17-year-old company, right? And Workday is a, fa a fantastic company. Success Factors is even older. Oracle is, is even older than that, right? But the, the, the thing is, is um, I, I view it as analogous to like a home, right? If you were going to build a home today, you wouldn't use the same materials that you used f even five years ago, right? I mean, you've got new technology that's available that you can enable throughout your house. It's a hell of a lot cheaper to, to do a lot of things. And so this is, I think, the huge opportunity in the next five years. But we can also build, you know, our houses a very, in a very different, more modular way. Um, so you can rip and replace things as needed as things evolve and things change. So um, anyways, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I answered your question, Jason, but, but you know, the, to me, I'm so excited about the next five or 10 years because yeah. I think there's so much interesting technology and we're thinking about technology a little bit different. We just have to, we have to think through, um, and, and, you know, this is the work that you guys do is what, what's kind of mandatory, what's necessary, what's nice to have, and what are things that you just should stop doing? Yeah. And we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to break, we're going to have to break things like job structures, you know, and we're gonna have to decompose job finally. We're gonna have to realize that gig workers are are gonna play a role finally, you know, and they're not gonna be discriminated against. Like there's all kinds of that stuff, which is really exciting. But we're fine. I mean, we are there now. Like organizations are dealing with it. You watch these layoffs. I'm like, you didn't need to do all these layoffs. You overhired because you used an old model of hiring. Um, yep. yep. If you if if you if we would have had a skills model in place for the last five years, these companies wouldn't have hired all these people and then had to lay them off. Uh, so we're watching this happen right before our eyes, in my personal opinion. Another question that came in on text, yeah. it's from Leo, is a question about wellness. Um, and what you're, you know, this whole everyone doing a wellness thing, which, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I struggle at times with this one because I, I believe in it, but I also know how hard it is for HR to get buy-in on some of this stuff that's considered soft. And I don't know if you heard, one of the things I love about working with you is that you always take a business lens to things. And while wellness at work will lead to better business outcomes, that's a stretch in some people's eyes. I'd love your thoughts about all this wellness focus. And, and I think it's great, but where do you think it's gonna go? I don't know. It's. Um... I agree with you, which is wellness is a big thing, right? And it's not just physical wellness, it's mental wellness, it's financial wellness. Wellness is, you know, I think we're thinking about it much more broadly than we ever have, which is a good thing. I think most companies still don't tie their culture with their wellness program, right? They just, you know, they, they try to buy a wellness program or, you know, buy some software or some technology to think that it's solving their corporate issues that are more system uh, m m more related to a bad culture than than anything so i think you can't just go and think you're solving the problem of wellness without you know ensuring that your your company structurally and culturally is set up to embrace and fit those two things together but i think more specifically you know i i spent a lot of learning the healthcare market and i you know i still probably only understand 10% of it but to me the way we think about health, wellness, healthcare, you know, it, we still need to, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. We're still doing it 
so bad, particularly in the U.S., but not just in the U.S. I mean, anyone that just, you know, you look at how much you pay for healthcare every year, it's ridiculous. You know, the, it's the only, it's one of the few industries where your expense and your bill goes up and the service goes down, right? So mm -hmm. to me, that means there's huge opportunity for disruption and it's happening. It's just going to take a long time to get there. But in, in that, you know, we also need to figure out the wellness component into that, which is preventing things before they, they happen. That's the way I really truly think about wellness. Yeah. And if you look at that, Anthony's comment there, it's a question. I, I have not seen that. I'm sure some of our community members may. Have you seen an example where wellness is connected to productivity and other KPIs? I'm sure there's stuff out there. I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Well, there's definitely stats around mental health related to absenteeism at work. But I think like this is where I, it drives me crazy because we sort of think inside of the box that we're used to being in. <laughs> I think we we poo-poo wellness because we think about it in the ways we've always thought about it as a soft concept. Your job as an employer is to enable human performance. You want maximum productivity. You want high-performing individuals. Wellness is performance. It's human performance. I cannot perform. I cannot give leap gen maximum performance if I can't get out of bed in the morning, if I'm red every day, if I'm worried about paying my bills, if I'm, you know, keep filling in the blank. So enabling my performance at work is making sure that I'm well and thriving and hopefully happy and loyal with my current yeah. employer. That I mean, we think about it so narrowly, like we make it, we made it a soft concept. That's why we can't tie it to anything. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason, you know, this, you know, Dr. Jeffrey Pfeffer had, had, has done a lot of good work around this. He wrote a book a number of years ago called Dying for a Paycheck. And, it, it, you know, he has some real data there around the impact of, of just bad practice. And, you know, I think at the time, and I, I'm probably messing this up, but um, work was like the fifth leading cause of death, you know, next to cancer and other terminal illnesses. And, and um, so it's certainly a, a, a big issue. Um, and you know, the, the problem is, is, is you've, you've got, most companies have shareholders and shareholders oftentimes, especially right now, are very fo focused on financial performance more than, than anything, right? I saw a company today that announced a 4% layoff. Like, do they really need to announce a 4% layoff when they kind of right. just done that through a performance, you know, riff in the old GE date, like the old GE days? But they did that because, you know, they wanted to appease their shareholders and say, hey, we're doing it just like anyone, everyone else. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, this is the, the challenge that most companies, whether you're public, private or in between faces, you've got shareholders that say, look at Salesforce. They just did a 10 percent riff. Why aren't you doing it? Um, and yeah. not thinking about the broader impact of that. Um, even Pfeffer, he was in the, in the press yesterday around this whole concept of imitation, right? Companies are doing stuff because they're imitating what their peers are doing. And, you know, not necessarily thinking about what it means for themselves and the impact of their organization, the culture, the wellness, all of those things. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. Like we could do a whole, we should. Yeah. I know. We I'm wondering connect. if I want to go down this rabbit hole. Or well, I want to be, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, oh, it's really good. It's really, I, I, we, we, want to, we won't have time to go down this rabbit hole. But I know. But I want to get to this other comment that Bob made about when will the resume die? Um, you know, <laughs> where is the e-harmony for AI-based job matchmaking? 
you know, and just, oh, hey, Tracy, welcome. Uh, and just some of the things that uh, um, that you're seeing in that area. Jason, I mean, I know you're, you love that talent acquisition space, love it and hate it, but, you know, love that talent acquisition space. So you People see- People in it love it and hate it. <laughs> right, are you seeing some work in that area? I mean, there's so many things that we'd all like to see die in HR, right? I mean, weren't performance reviews supposed to die 10 years ago? Um, the, the, the resume is facing, you know, death every year and it still hasn't gone away. So I, I'm, I focus less on what we, we want to die, you know, uh, and, and focus more on where's the opportunity and, and where's the opportunity to create, you know, interesting progress within, within the industry, you know, skills is, a, is one area that I just think is, has been super fascinating. You know, we're, we're finalizing an investment right now in a company that essentially can determine or ensure that anyone that's working in a manufacturing plant or anywhere else is certified to work on a machine at that given point of time. Um, uh, because, you know, even manufacturing lines, there's various parts to that line. There's compliance that needs to happen. There's certification that needs to happen. Um, and that all oftentimes relates back to a skill, whatever skill that they've developed. It could be a hard skill. It could be a soft skill. So there's still so much more work that we could be doing around skills. And, you know, I know there's a lot of emphasis on soft skills, but, you know, there's all kinds of skills that people have that we just don't necessarily know about or, or aren't capturing today. Um, you know, the one other area that I think is super fascinating um, is around compensation, um, transparency. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of laws. You know, I think regulation oftentimes can be very good for this industry. And so, um, you know, all the, the work that's happening in New York, California, and all the other states that are now embracing pay transparency, I think is super interesting. You know, so many companies are sitting on a ton of data. They just, they don't leverage. They don't know how to leverage. And so, you know, we've been investing in companies that are, are grabbing that data from all kinds of sources and trying to make sense of it. And I think that's going to be a, a really interesting opportunity in the next couple of years. So, so speaking of data, you know, it's fascinating that all of the press right now around AI, as AI has been around for a while, but now with chat GPT and people typing in, write me a, uh, as my kid, my, I mean, Jason, you know, Ben, he's like, the end of ever writing an essay again, thank God. You know, he's always looking for a shortcut. I'm like, dude, uh, he's like, yeah, like if my teachers don't let me use this, they're just stupid. Because like this is a new technology, just like Google, that's going to change the world. Why would they not let me use this? Um, so I mean, now all of a sudden, people are starting to see the power of AI because of a tool like ChatGPT or a graphical tool like Dali. And you know, yesterday I saw you know Thomas put a, your partner put out a link about a company that you guys have invested in that looks to be able to identify whether something was whether content was created via AI or not. So what's yep. your thought, which um, I'm sorry, cop, what's I forgot the name of the company. I apologize. Um, copy leaks. Copy, yeah, copy leaks. Yeah. So yep. what's your, what's your thoughts? What are, where, I mean, what do you think about this? I, well, first of all, you know, it's only three months old, right? The, the chat, chat GPT has been publicly available. So, Let's just start there. This is super new. 
And I know with new technology, we all get really, really excited. I don't know if I necessarily have a lot of people freaking out. I'm not sure if they're excited. I think there's people freaking out too. Like, what the heck? Well, I think there's very, in our industry, there's very good practical uses of it today, right? Like I watched something the other day that said, if you can take chat GPT, plug in two other technologies and you can create essentially a course probably within less than an hour that Mm -hmm. looks just as good as courses that we've created, you know, over the past 10 years that have cost us a lot of money and, you know, a lot of time. So from that aspect, um, there's a lot of positives, right? I mean, I, I put in chat GPT the other day, um, write me a job description for a data scientist, uh, with, you know, 10 years of experience, uh, uh, designed to attract current and former Google employees. And it pumps out something that is pretty darn good right? Is it perfect? No. But is it usable? Absolutely. So there's a lot of benefits of that. I think, you know, the problem is, is, you know, everyone has access, access to the same stuff, right? So mm-hmm. to get that real true differentiation, a human needs to be involved at, at some point. Yeah. So I guess my, my current viewpoint is, is machines are, are good. They're going to continue to get better. We should find ways to harness them, but you still can't remove the human and I'm not sure you can do that for a lot of things that are fairly proprietary anytime soon. So where does this copy leaks come into play then? Well, I mean, their whole business originated around plagiarism detection, right? Especially for university. Okay. There's so much plagiarism that happens all over the world. And so we looked at it like, hey, what if you can use this for online course creators, for uh, Udemy or Coursera that has hundreds of thousands of courses, right? I could take something, some course that you created, steal it, republish it, put it as my own. Most people wouldn't know. So they do a lot of detection around plagiarism itself. Now with GPT, what they basically can tell you is, is was something written by human or machine at pretty high accuracy? And I, I was, they just released this in the last couple of days. I was testing it out and pretty darn good, right? I was taking, you know, something that I pulled from chat GPT and plugged it into their, you know, into their, editor and it basically says yep this came from machine so that's the challenge that we're facing in the next couple of years is going to be you know what's what's machine versus what's human because we still you know in this industry it's still very much high touch right there's still lots of humans involved that's the name but you know but that's the mistake uh, we make we think about machine work and digital assistant stuff and uh, all of this, we think of it as a replacement or a, a next gen. It will always, and for a very long time, be an assistant to humans. It should think make us it, better, think, right? It should yes, make us exactly. Better. How can that be exactly. an assistant to me? How can that do something better and faster than I can do it? And still needs to be audited and governed and QC'd and all of that stuff. Um, and so I, I love to think about these, even, the, even a chat GPT as a you know, what are the opportunities of it? And then how do I prevent and avoid the potential bias or risk or misuse or whatever? That I mean, that's the way I, to think about something new and shiny like that, I, I would think. Yeah, I mean, Jesse said it way better than I. I mean, to me, it's nothing different than me doing a search on Google, pulling together a bunch of content. I mean, right. I had to write it myself. Now I don't have to write it myself, but I have to turn it into something that is me. You know, it's just, it's the next, it's taking that one step further. And I think some of these schools, I don't know if you saw the New York public schools banned it today. 
uh, <laughs> from behind their IP address. Um, you know, because they, I, go ahead. No, keep going, Jason. I was going to say something. Keep going. No, I'll, no, I'll I mean, I just think it's it. really fascinating that, you know, we've got the, we always have old school that's like Susie just said, and I'm Susie, I'm not calling you old school, but I worry about the erosion of critical thinking skills, thinking and communication are like muscles yes. that can be used in exercise. I totally agree with that. But, you know, as new technologies come out, like, you know, nurses, I, you know, I had to, I went to get my another vaccine, which seems to be the thing I have to do a lot these days as I get older. This was shingles. Get it for those of you that didn't get it yet. Um, you know, but, you know, they took my blood pressure and the person didn't have to put the stethoscope there and look at their watch like they used to. Like they yeah. put a machine and it tells you the blood pressure. Like, is that taking away someone's skill? Not necessarily. It's helping them do their job, but they're still there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sense. So I just, for me, that's the way I think of it. I think it's. I don't think we should take these tools. Oops, Siri. I don't think we should take these tools. That away was your human assistant. <laughs> I don't think we should take these tools away from people. I think we should take leverage these tools to make us all better people. Well, remember when we would go to clients in the KI days and they would have their social media blocked at their <laughs> yes their corporate headquarters. Yep. Right. It's not anything different. You know, I, I was going to say, you know, Ben is much smarter than my son, Brady, which is I don't think Brady even knows what chat GPT is. But I've been debating, like, do I introduce it to him? Mm. Does it make him a lot more efficient in terms of writing his essays now? Is that a good thing or bad thing? I don't know. But um, I think that's, this is something that we all have to decide for ourselves, our companies is what's the opportunity? Should we leverage it? I think if anything, people should be playing with it, should be trying it out. Because, you know, the, the, I think the most fascinating thing I've seen the last three months with GPT is it works pretty damn good, right? Is it perfect? Yeah. And does it do exactly what you want? No, but like, I've been super amazed on when I put stuff in there that's fairly detailed, it gives me a pretty good response. And you don't see that a lot of cases with kind of a first version of technology that it works very good consistently um you know on day one so you know that also gives me a lot of hope that there's so many other things that we can be doing with it and so many places it will go over the next couple of years this reminds me i like susie's comment about like we still need to exercise and build certain muscles like critical thinking and learning how to learn before the holidays my 10 year old informed me she was wasting most of her life and I said, I'm sorry, what, what are you wasting your life doing? And she said, going to school. I don't understand why I need any of this. <laughs> I can look up anything I need to know. I'm not sure why I'm spending all this time in school. And I said, well, if you don't learn how to learn, you're going to accept everybody else's ideas and information as gospel forever. There will be no original thought. We will innovate nothing. We will create nothing new if we don't keep some of these muscles. And I know you can look stuff up, but you can only look up what already exists. <laughs> I don't know if I made a dent yet. I might have to repeat this. <laughs> that same conversations happens in, in my house as well. You know, why school is useless. Why do I need to go? And yeah, it, it's not what you learn in, in that given moment. It's it, to your point, it's learning how to learn. And the fact yeah. matters like, I still, I, I still try to figure this out every day. What am I learning? How am I learning it? What, you know, what is good information versus bad information and trying right. to decipher that. So, and it, it's getting harder. Yeah. 
for sure. I don't know if both of you realize this. We, a gig worker community just started in the chat while we were chatting. <laughs> that's awesome. A that's community within good. a community. Yeah. That's it's going to awesome. get to the, to the 5,500 goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. We're at the top of the hour. I don't know you probably have the next thing to do. Yeah. But, uh, so thank you so much for taking the time. Um, can't wait to have you back again sometime soon. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, great to see you guys. Always happy fun. New Year. Good to see you. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Take New Year. care, Jason. All right, guys. Cheers.